five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Diary of a Kitty Warrior, sharing faith, knowledge, hope, and love. Hi, and welcome to Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. My name is Dee Moore, and I am a stage four kidney warrior. This podcast is dedicated to encourage, educate, and inspire as we explore all aspects of kidney disease, chronic illnesses, and health. If you have any questions or ideas for topics you would like me to cover, please get in contact with me on social media using the handle Diary of a Kidney Warrior. Today's episode is the second part of a two-part interview with Jan Sharrick. In part one, Jan shared her amazing living donor story. And today in part two, Jan joins me to talk about the work of the Give a Kidney charity to support non-directed kidney donors across the UK. Hi and welcome to Diary of a Kidney Warrior, the podcast. How are you doing today, Jan? I'm very well, thank you, Dee. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. I'm happy to interview you today. Today is part two of our interview together. In part one, you shared your story of non-directed kidney donation. And as you know, I'm a mega fan because I think you're absolutely awesome. And today we're going to look at your work with the Give a Kidney charity. So as someone who started off as a person who donated a kidney, how did you then become part of the Give a Kidney charity? Yeah, thank you. Um, So back in 2013, it was when I donated. Um, I think like many other donors, once you've donated it to a stranger, particularly perhaps, there's a little bit of an anticlimax because you've been kind of going through this process and building up to this for usually months and months. And um, and then I think once you've kind of started to recover and feel a bit better, there's a little bit of, oh, okay, well, what 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 do I do now? Um, and I think when I was in hospital um, meeting the other people on the ward, you know, most of whom were kidney patients um, and hearing their stories about what it's like to be on dialysis, you know, their weight for a transplant, the impact it was having on in many aspects of their life, work, relationships, you know, their health, their well-being. Um, I think it really hit home just how important kidney donation is, organ donation is, in a, in a way that I suppose I hadn't heard quite so clearly or quite so firsthand before. Um, so as I got better, um, I just started to think, well, you know, I only learned about living donation by hearing somebody else talk about it on the radio and I wonder if there's anything more that I can do to help spread the word so at that point I contacted Give a Kidney um, just to say is there anything I can do to volunteer Um, and my background um, and job at that point was in press and uh, marketing Um, and they were coincidentally looking for a press officer at the same time and I wasn't really looking for a job but um, did want to kind of yeah use my skills I think for good and it kind of seemed really important to me having yeah heard the importance and really seen the importance of organ donation so um, kind of long story short I went to meet um, the then chairman of the charity Dr Chris Burns-Cox who well 
helped found was one of the co-founders of the charity um and another another person another trustee and I think really just got inspired by the work that Give a Kidney was doing the ethos their their vision is um, no waiting for a transplant for want of a kidney so the idea that actually you know could we get to the point where where there's a register of people waiting to donate you know to actually rather than a, a waiting list of people waiting for an organ you know that it really kind of I thought was yeah incredibly visionary and uh, interesting and ambitious but but really important so yeah and long story short I ended up working there as initially for press uh, doing press work um, and it was the first time they'd employed anybody to do that really so we got lot, lots and lots of press around um, non-directed donation particularly so people donating to strangers it was really interesting at the time because it was quite unusual um, it's still quite unusual but not as unusual now so it was really quite we got lots of really good coverage nationally and tv and national press and um for you know with the help of various people telling their stories and um and over time i think because i was you know learning about living donation and talking to lots of people in the living donation world um i suppose it started to become apparent that there was other work that we could be doing um in terms of you know, making, you know, helping to influence the development of the living donor programme and helping to make the experience better for donors who were going through, you know, through that, through that, or thinking about becoming, becoming a donor. So yeah, the kind of work of the charity expanded a little bit from initially, it was just about raising awareness. And now nearly 10 years after the charity was formed, um, we kind of have three separate strands to our work. That is a really powerful goal as a charity to aim to be in a position to have a register of donors waiting to donate. I mean, that's awesome. And the fact that at the very same time that you as someone who, as I said, superhero, you gifted someone your kidney and were looking to do more work in this area and the charity we're looking to employ somebody with your skill set. What are the odds of that? I mean, it really was meant to be. That is an amazing journey. Absolutely amazing. So you mentioned about the strands of work that you do at the charity. What are they? Yeah, I think you're right. It was, I think, a bit of serendipity, really. It felt, yeah, it felt like various stars aligning and you know, I didn't ever expect when I started the donor journey to be, you know, a, n- a number of years down the line working for a living donation charity. That wasn't, I mean, that was never, you know, ever on the agenda, really. So, yeah, a bit of a surprise. And but it felt right. And it's still, you know, it, I think it has been. It's been a wonderful experience for me. And, yeah, to have the capacity to help raise awareness and then you know support other people who are going through the process or encourage people to think about whether this is something they could do you know just takes that you know maybe lights a few sparks along the way that actually lead hopefully to other donations so yeah really really wonderful to be able to do that um so the three strands really or how we might think about them of the charity are so the first one that was really the focus very much in the early days was about raising awareness. So, you know, letting people know that this was something you could do in the same way that you might give blood. Um, 
and that's still you know consistent there is a greater awareness now um, but there's still a lot of work to be done there um, the second strand is about supporting people going through the journey so that might be by um, you know matching them to somebody who has already donated who can talk to them from a you know, from a, a human perspective of actually what that was like for them, uh, you know, what, what it felt like, you know, in a way that medical professionals can't and maybe can, you know, be a sounding board for them to, you know, think through some of their concerns or talk through some of their concerns or, um, yeah, ask questions about, you know, things that might be on their mind about scars or, you know, how, how the pain was or particular tests. So, supporting donors and, and sometimes that's signposting to other support whether that's back into their transplant teams or um you know to a particular person within nhs blood and transplant who may be able to answer a, a very specific question for them um and the third strand um is about kind of influencing i guess influencing change um, and positive change you know service improvement i suppose for want of a better word um so we've done a lot with, we work very closely with NHS Blood and Transplant and other, other kidney charities um, and with some, in some instances with some of the transplant teams as well around, you know, how can we make this better? So we do a lot of, we've inputted into an awful lot of research over the, the last few years, um, asking donors what the experience has been like for them. Um, you know, we work with transplant professionals um, to kind of maybe raise issues um, that we kind of see as or we're hearing from other donors that are concerning or that you know that worry people or you know just to see if we can make make the process a bit easier and smoother for people um, and as good as it can be um, so we do yeah a lot lots of partnership work a lot of collaboration with NHS Blood and Transplant um, and the relationship with them is, is really strong and um, and I think benefits both of you know both of us because actually what we all want is donors and recipients to have the best experience possible. Sounds very holistic, like you cover a lot of areas there in terms of supporting people. So taking someone from step one, somebody that's heard the advert or for whatever reason they've heard about living donation and they come to you as the Give a Kidney charity, what is step one for them? Yeah, so so often we find people coming at the point where they're thinking about doing this. So usually we will suggest they, you know, really go away and do their research, have a look at, you know, we've got a really comprehensive website around, you know, how you go about doing this, what the risks are, the voices of other donors telling their stories, videos, um, links to other sites with relevant information. There's, I, I think there's, um, you know, the, the, the web is brilliant, isn't there? There's so, but, but it can also be terrifying and really hard sometimes to get down to the bits that are actually really relevant to, to you. So there's an awful lot on living donation, but not all of it is UK based. So actually systems vary across the world. Um, so we've tried to create a resource for people that's, you know, accurate and up to date in line with, what NHS blood and transplant do um, but with a I guess with a donor perspective um, very clearly at the heart of it um, yeah so researching looking at our website looking at NHS 
London Transplants website around living, uh, web pages around living donation, many, much of which we've actually been involved in helping them to create um, those materials and resources and films that you see on NHS London Transplants website. We've, you know, I guess, uh, worked with them to give a donor perspective on, you know, what kind of things might we be asking or be, we'd be worried about what do we hear people want to know um, to try and get the content of those right and an NHS doesn't try, you know they have a real credibility you know they're a really credible source of information and have a much wider reach than we as a, as a relatively small charity could have so that's been a really important relationship um, and the other things so we can do signposting we can provide information we can also as I said earlier kind of provide a contact for somebody just as a person to talk to um, about you know, with any questions they might have about living donation, you know, particularly around things about the lived experience, I think, you know, but, but other things come up around, you know, some of the, you know, common questions around, you know, I have a history of anxiety or depression, does that mean I wouldn't be allowed to donate or, you know, I think I might want children in the future, what might the implications be for that or, you know, I'm, I'm overweight, you know, does that, does that impact my ability to donate? So things that we can answer really quite easily, you know, in general terms. Um, and concern, you know, with the concerns that sometimes people have around, you know, I really want to do this, but my family are a bit cautious, or how do I tell them? And, you know, how might they feel? So we can kind of match people um, with people who may have been through something similar, just you know, not to, not to, you know, offer kind of professional counselling or support, but just to be another human being who kind of gets why, what they might be going through. Um, and then we, um, you know, once they've done the research and decided that that's something they think they want to do, and um, we then direct them to their local transplant unit. Um, and essentially that's when the NHS would, would take on that person and they would support them through the journey from from then on but we're kind of always in the background for you know if people just want to have a chat or if they want to yeah have particular questions that they don't really want to ask their team for whatever reason um so we are there in the yeah constantly in the background really um just if if they want more information or support okay so once you've done the initial groundwork with that individual and then they contact NHS blood and transplant you're still there to support so it isn't that you then hand over and that's it you're there to support them so you're there the the whole time as well yeah I mean with that it kind of as as you know if they want to contact us during that journey they're very welcome and, be, and beyond that today you know we have a lot of people who you know kind of come to us in the beginning and then go off and are guided through the process by you know the NHS teams um, but quite often people come back afterwards having donated to say as I did actually what is there anything more I can do so we help them with um, you know aware you know awareness raising um, so if they want to do a you know a talk maybe in their local community or their local faith group or write an article for their employer newsletter whatever it might be we can help you know, a lot of people want, can do that off their own back, but we can help with things like providing statistics or providing key messages, 
Um, if they're doing media, if they want to do some media work around their donation, we can kind of help them to avoid some of the pitfalls of that or kind of make them aware of some of, you know, just the thinking through of the consequences of that for, you know, their local team maybe. So we can kind of join some of the dots up, I guess, for them um, if, if they want us to. Um, and, and it helps them to, you know, we can help them to make sure the information they're giving out to people is is, is accurate and um, kind of in line with, you know, there's sometimes issues around anonymity and things like that. So we can help advise people on that um, and support them to contact their local press, etc. So that sounds really supportive that you're taking someone through the process and providing so much support. So in terms of the people that work at the charity, are all the people that work at the charity living donors or do you have medical professionals as well who works at the charity yeah so, so that's a really good question so um the charity only has two um kind of staff really one is one is me so i'm the executive officer now that's my my job title and we have a marketing and administrative officer who's just joined the team um uh our previous administrator um, has gone off to do other exciting things. So, um, so there's two kind of part very part time stuff. So we're a very small charity in in the scheme of in the scheme of ch the charity, the realm of charities. Um, but but I think we punched above our weight in terms of our size. I think, um, and we are essentially managed by a board of uh, trustees, um, and a, a steering group. So which is a kind of subsection of those trustees and other people that we might bring in at various points if we need support with a different a particular topic or particular project. Um, so most of the trustees are, well, the trustees break, break down into two and the steering group really, so that there's a group of former donors. So the charity was established back in 2011 by uh, people like me who donate and thought of if, they, if more people knew about this, they would too. Um, but they got together with a number of, uh, well, a few of those people and got together with uh, some medical professionals um, from the transplantation community um, because it, it felt really important and, and still is um, that we are aligned with and understand how those transplant professionals work day to day. Um, so that actually what we're doing is complementing and supporting them rather than creating something that is unmanageable or doesn't really fit with what they're trying to do. Um, so we still, to this day, have um, within the trustee or steering group um, cohort, we have a transplant surgeon, uh, Paul Gibbs from Portsmouth. We have a nephrologist, a kidney doctor, um, who's Adnan Sharif from Birmingham. Um, we have a clinical advisor, which is uh, Lisa Burnett, who's the who you've interviewed, who's the UK lead for living donation in NHS and transplant and is also uh, a living donor coordinator, so has a kind of clinic and deals with donors on a day-to-day -day level as well as having a strategic role in living donation. So, yeah, those relationships have been really important. Um, but, yeah, the charity is, so it's a combination of both donors and transplant professionals. Um, and a couple of people who are neither, but have really important and useful skills to, to give too. <laughs> it sounds to me that you have a really good balance there because there's the people at the charity who have that 
lived experience and they've actually been through the process as well as the clinicians who know about the medical side so it's good to have that balance to help someone so they know that they can talk to someone who can help them in both areas yeah so that sounds really good so I understand that you've got some webinars coming up tell me about what's happening yeah, thanks, Dee. It's, um, we started these in, um, obviously, during COVID, really. Um, we generally have a, in the past, we've had an annual conference um, where lots of people come, have come together, mostly in London, to, um, yeah, get to know each other, but also to hear about the latest research on living donation or hear talk, different talks from different professionals or um, donors and recipients. And it's always been a really lovely and uplifting mm-hmm. event um so last year with the advent of covid we had to it was, it was due to be in march um so we had to sadly cancel it um so we did some of we took some of the talks that were going to be um part of the conference and over the last year have delivered some of those online via zoom um and they've been really interesting i, I you know, I'm biased, but I think they've been really interesting. And we've had really good feedback. So it's something we'll, we're carrying on doing. So we've got two coming up in the next couple of months. So we've got one in, the next one will be in April, on the 22nd of April. And we've got um, Lisa Mumford, who's the head uh, statistician for NHS Blood and Transplants. And she's going to talk about the kidney sharing schemes. Um, so what, how they've evolved um, and why they're so important. Um, and why people stepping forward as non-directed donation, non-directed donors can trigger, you know, two or three transplants through the kidney sharing scheme. So she's, yeah, she'll be really interesting. Um, I think it'd be really interesting for people who are thinking of maybe going into that kidney sharing scheme if they've got a living donor. Um, and, And also for people, you know, just to find out, you know, the massive amount of work that goes and thought that goes into creating the best possible scheme to get the best possible matches for transplant recipients and and the donated kidneys. Um, So I think that will be interesting for lots of people, a little bit outside of non-directed donation, but obviously we've got a role to play in in that scheme, big role to play in that scheme and a very significant role. So that's the 22nd of April. There's information on our website at giveakidney.org about that. Um, And the next one after that will be the 22nd of May, which is the Saturday morning. And we're going to be joined by a lady called Tracy Reese, um, and she is going to talk about some of the science behind transplantation. She's, she's a science scientist, um, so she's one of the people in those labs who is trying to match donors to recipients and make sure that that transplant is as safe as it possibly can be. And I think that will be really interesting. I was fortunate enough once to have a tour of the lab at Manchester Royal Infirmary and had my mind absolutely blown by the detail that goes into, you know, the amount of sheer volume of work and the delicate work that goes into making those matches and making sure that those transplants, you know, are as safe as possible. Um, So that's on the 22nd of May. So we'll, yeah. We'd love for other people to join us and uh, I think it's a real opportunity to hear you know some of the leading lights in transplantation talk about their phenomenal work that makes this possible. Sounds fascinating so there's two webinars there to look forward to in April 
and in May. So just saying the website again, the webinar information will be on the Give a Kidney charity website. That's right. Yeah. So it's www.giveakidney.org. So thank you so much for joining me again and sharing about the wonderful work that you do at Give a Kidney Charity. And yes, again, I'm encouraging everyone, check out the website for information. Anyone who's on the fence thinking about becoming a living donor and donating a kidney, I'm just inviting you now, Jan, to share a final word for anyone who's on the fence, maybe thinking about it. What would you like to say to that person? Well, I'd like to say, well, thank you for thinking about it. That's the first, that's the first step. It's, I think it, it, I think I said this last time, but I think it's a really deeply personal choice um, and it's got to feel right for you. But if something about it resonates with you, you know, I would say get, get, get in touch if you'd like to and have a chat with someone who's been through the process and um, we can tell you how it felt for us. We can guide you to information that you might find helpful as you you know kind of grapple with that decision um you know there's the kidneys are always going to be needed so if it's not right for you right now but it might be in the future then yeah just really encourage you to find out more and um see if it fits for you and um yeah the best way to do that is to look at the, the information that's available and we can certainly help with with that and guide you to the right people to talk to. So it'd be really lovely to hear from anybody who's thinking this is something that they might, might consider. Thank you so much again for joining me and for sharing this information. Thank you. Thank you, Dee. Thank you for listening to Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. And don't forget that you can contact me on social media using the handle Diary of a Kidney Warrior. Please do subscribe to the podcast and please do tell a friend. New episodes of this podcast are released every Monday. Until next time, take care and choose to live. Diary of a Kidney Warrior. Sharing faith, knowledge, hope and love.